This morning, we are going to go into the second part of this sermon. God is worthy of your love and the love of all people. And we have looked at, uh, last week, we, we looked at the great commandment. Uh, in the past, we have looked at the great commission. And then last week, we transitioned to the great commandment. And the great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. And so when we are um, looking at that verse, today we're going to go back, as, as we did last week, we went back and looked at a few verses, but we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we'll pick up in verse 4 in a few minutes. But before we do that, uh, I want to do something. The Deuteronomy chapter 6 is all about loving the Lord your God with all of your heart. That's where Jesus got the commandment, as we will see this morning. Uh, but in chapter 6, and we've already seen this a little bit, and it will be repeated this morning in the passage, we see that we're not just commanded to love God, but we're commanded to love who He has called us to be. We're commanded to love what He has called us to do. We are commanded to, to take what He has taught us and teach it to others. Specifically in this passage, as we have already seen and we'll see again this morning, um, it, we are to teach it to our children and our children's children. And so today is Grandparents' Day. I don't know if y'all knew that, but today is Grandparents' Day. And so what I'm going to ask you to do, if you're a grandparent, will you stand up? All right, let's give those grandparents a hand. Hey, that's a lot of grandparents in the room today. Well, thank y'all for coming. We're excited that y'all are here to worship with us this morning. Um, well, the thing that I want to talk about this morning before we get into the sermon, and this will illustrate what the sermon is telling us to do, is I want to talk about what our family does. And this, this is something that we do on a regular basis. It's not something that we do every single night. If uh, kids are grumpy, then they go straight to bed, right? Um, but Rose leads a little devotional for our family in the morning time, and at night we have what we call family time. And this is just a time of family worship where we come together and we read God's Word, we ask questions to the kids, and sometimes John is old enough now where sometimes he asks the questions to us, and then we will um, pray. We'll pray about what God has spoken in His Word, but we'll also pray for people that we know in our church or in our community, in our family, who needs prayers, and so we will do that often, and that's, that's what we do during our family time. We also sing songs. I won't put y'all through that this morning, but uh, we do these things, and we just have a time of family worship, and the reason we do that is, is because we're told as parents to teach our children what God has taught us. It is our responsibility as parents to what has been instilled in us to instill it in others. And we have that responsibility, and we want to do that. Rose and I, as parents, we love God. We love our children. We, we want to do this. And this is something that um, actually a friend of ours, Michael Pettit, uh, he had a child before we did. Uh, well, his wife had the child. But uh, Michael and Allison had Katie, and, who is now a teenager. And Katie, um, we got to see Michael and Allison raise her and as she got old enough, she, uh, they would lead her through the family time. Now they have four kids, 
and they get to lead them through that craziness. They, they've got their own church almost. But anyway, um, with, with our family, we, um, we try to do this nightly, uh, but of course there are some times where we just have too much going on that night, and we have children. Sometimes children have to get in the bed. And so we, we have our, our quiet times each day, uh, but with our family worship, it's not something that we're legalistic about. We don't beat ourselves up about it if we don't get to it that day or something like that. But we do strive to have it as a good habit in our f- home and in our lives. And I'm going to ask Rose and Emma and John Michael, if y'all would, to come up because they love being in front of people. Uh, and these are some of the resources that we use. I don't know how many Bibles we've gone through um, with, with John Michael. Um, and Emma has gone through several herself. Um, but when you read each night, you just read a page or two, and you go through these things pretty quickly. And um, the thing that's important to remember about children's Bibles is that they are ch- they're, they're putting it in a form where the children can understand. I need y'all to come on down here or wait out from behind there so they can see you. Good, good job trying to hide, though. Um, um, so, we, we take one of those Bibles and we read uh, each night. And then, after we've read the Bible, we ask the questions and then we pray and we sing songs and that kind of thing. Uh, so, Emma, what is your favorite thing about family time? Singing. Singing? Okay, John, what's your favorite thing about family time? Reading the Bible. What's your favorite thing about family time? Being quiet and still. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, what we're going to do th- this morning is we're going to show you guys what our family time is like, but we're going to invite all the children, any children who want to come up. And last week, uh, Nan Guffey came up. Hey, if you, anybody who wants to come up is welcome. But uh, come on, kids, come on up. Y'all have a seat with Miss Rose and John Michael. All right, I'm going to sit down here with y'all. So most of these Bibles that we use have pictures. What, what is, what do you, what's going on in this picture? Anybody have an idea? Yeah, what's Jesus doing? Yeah, he's holding a little child. That's right. Uh, this story is called The Greatest in the Kingdom, and this is from Matthew chapter 18. And what this Bible does, this is uh, an illustrated family Bible, and so it has parts of the Bible in it. And it picks out parts that are good for kids. And this actually just has the the whole scripture from the English Standard Version. But we have some other ones that I'll talk about in a second. Okay, y'all see the picture? He's holding a kid. So what do y'all think this story is about? Maybe. Let's see. He holds the kids in his hands. That's, that's good. Anybody else have any ideas before we read it? All right, well, let's go ahead and read. It's sometimes at our house, sometimes I read, sometimes Miss Rose reads, and sometimes John Michael reads. And so um, at your house, if, if your parents want to do this with you, then I bet some of y'all could help read. How many of y'all know how to read already? Oh, yeah, see, y'all got it. All right. The greatest in the kingdom. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So the disciples want to know who's the most important person. And 
and calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, so he, he told the kid to come here and listen to what he said. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So you know what Jesus is saying there? He's saying that if you want to be really cool and awesome in God's plan and the way he does things, then we have to put others before ourselves. We, we have to consider ourselves like a child. And so, you know, uh, some of y'all might have really nice ad, uh, adults in your house who let you eat first and stuff like that. But last night, Miss Rose, she said the taco plate was done, and I was the first in line. I ran to those tacos and, got, and ate them up. Now, is, is that, well, let me, let me finish the story. You have two babysitters? He didn't let you eat. Mm, that's terrible. Babysitters. Babysitters and parents. I don't know what to do with them sometimes. So, I know. So, I shouldn't have run and eaten all the tacos first, right? We should let other people go first. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He says, see that you do not despise one of the little ones. He's saying that, hey, with, with kids, we have to let them all come. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than one, more than over the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. You know what that's saying? Jesus is talking about sheep and stuff like that. But you know what he's saying? He's saying that every single person is important to him. Every single person that's ever been born, God loves them. And God wants them to know him. And when people get saved, like Hadley got saved and Hadley got baptized this morning, when people get saved, you know what this says the angels are doing in heaven? They're celebrating. They're having a party. That's awesome, isn't it? To think that God loves us so much that I bet one of these days you are going to get baptized. Yeah? Hey, let's, let's do this. We're going to pray. And what our family does is a lot of times we'll, we'll pray what the Bible says, and then we'll, we'll take prayer requests and pray for that. But since there's so many of us up here, I'm just going to pray for us today, okay? And so let, let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray. God, we thank you so much that, um, that you love every single person that you've created. We thank you so much that you love us all so much that there is a celebration when, when you find us, when we get saved. And God, I pray that you would help us to love other people like that. Help us to love you and help us to love others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you guys for worshiping with me this morning. That was awesome. Thank you. Can y'all give me high fives before you go back to your seat? So I want to talk to you about some of these resources up here before we look at the scripture together. Um, like I said, this is uh, just an illustrated Bible. These have been out for a long, long time. And what a lot of times what illustrated Bibles do is they'll just take certain passages in the scripture and then that are kid-friendly. Uh, because if you've read the Bible, you know that not all of the Bible is kid-friendly. You, you, you have to be careful with that. And so you want to be honest with your kids. You want to tell them, hey, this is just parts of the Bible. Uh, I remember when John Michael heard a story in church one time, 
And he came home, and he was like, they were teaching a story that is not in the Bible. And I said, what story is it? And he told me, and I was like, that's in the Bible. He's like, no, it's not. We've read the Bible twice, and it's not in there. And so you, you might want to be uh, up front with them about what is or is not in there. But also, um, we have the Jesus Storybook Bible, which takes stories from the Bible, and it puts it, it, it rewrites it in a kid-friendly way, and it points all of the Old Testament to, from the beginning to the end, it, it orders it in a way that is talking about Jesus and looking, toward, looking to how Jesus is um, referred to in those passages. And so that's the Jesus Storybook Bible. Uh, and then this is one that Richard and Pauline Lodge got John Michael for Christmas. It's called Bible Force, and it's like a, a comic book. And so um, it's, this is the one that we're going through right now. We're about halfway through it. And it's for older kids. It's kind of, it would be hard to read for a younger kid. But um, anyway, those are some of the things that we use. And I just want to encourage you, if you have children, if you have grandchildren, um, if you ever have children visiting your home, then this, these are resources that you can get. Um, there are a lot of them that are fairly inexpensive. For example, the Jesus Storybook Bible, uh, we got it for five bucks online. Um, it was on sale. And so you can look for examples of that. If you want more information on any of these resources, then you can come and talk to me and I will help you with that. But the reason that I felt like it was important for us to go through this um, and, well, let me add also that there is the uh, Bible app for kids, which is the YouVersion Bible app um, that you can use. There's the regular YouVersion Bible app, which has plans in it as well that, you, that are kid-friendly. And so you could pick one of those uh, if, if you want a free resource. And then, of course, there's just the Bible. You, you read the Bible, and you pick the passages that are appropriate and kid-friendly, and you go through it like that. And John Michael and I, um, we, before, when, when, Emma was a baby, Rose would take care of Emma at bedtime, and I would take care of John Michael at bedtime. And so John Michael and I uh, read through Genesis and Exodus and, um, and some of the New Testament together just in the Bible. And there, I think there were a couple of passages I had to skip. But anyway, the reason that I'm saying this is, as we'll see in the Scripture in just a moment, is it's extremely important for us to teach our children, and that's not something that we should leave up to other people. Uh, it's great that they have Sunday school teachers. We have some excellent kids teachers. Some of the best teachers for children that I've ever been around in my life are in this church, and we are so blessed to have them. And it, we, we definitely are blessed that they are able to lead our children in classes, but that's once a week. We have, we have to make sure that we're teaching our children daily because they're going to be t being taught other things daily, <laughs> They're going to be taught by media. They're going to be taught at school by not just teachers. Some teachers are great, and others might need to improve a little bit. But they're going to be taught by children. They're going to be taught by children whose parents might not be teaching them things that you want your children to know. And so where is their source coming from? Where is their source of truth and knowledge coming from? And it has to be us as parents. And if you need help, um, knowing how to lead your children in this way, then I, I want to encourage you uh, to come and talk to me, and, and I'll help you um, down this path. Uh, now, it's not perfect. Um, kids get antsy, right? So it's not like you could do a 30-minute sermon. You've got you to keep it quick, right? You, you, you sometimes will go 
10 minutes with the Bible story, um, but a lot of times it's not even 10 minutes. And we uh, involve them. We get them involved. I mean, Emma is four, but when she was two, we were already asking her for prayer requests. And, you know, every night it would be Kobe, or then she met Alexandria, and it was Alexandria. And, you know, but now she's older, and she comes up with her own prayer requests and things like that. And so involve the children. Uh, and then parents, you have to be bold. I know that this is going to be out of the, your comfort zone for a lot of you. It's not going to be something that comes natural. But you can do this. This is very simple. You just read the Bible, and then you some uh, Bible studies, storybook Bibles, things like that, come with questions in them. So they, they provide the questions for you to ask. And so we, we can help set something up for you if you need help with that. Uh, but the important thing is for us to be doing it. I want to mention something that I mentioned a couple months ago. This LifeWay study, uh, LifeWay research, when they were discovering um, or doing a survey to figure out for kids who stayed in church after they graduated high school. These are kids who stayed involved after graduation. The number one thing that they had in common, the thing that was the highest on the list, was their parents were active in the church. They not just attended, but they were active in the church. And so parents, it's important for us to be active. Um, grandparents, it's important for us to be active. And sometimes we might feel like we're not making an example. I promise we're making an example. I promise we are influencing them. Your attendance is important, but more than just attendance, you being active in your local church is important. What part of the body do you play? What role do you play in helping the church be who God has called her to be? And so it's, that's important um, for us to be active. But also, um, the number two thing of, that, that people who stayed in church, people who graduated high school and stayed in church had in common, is that they either read the Bible or had the Bible read to them in their home. And so... If we want our children to follow the Lord, and if we want them to live for him the way that they're supposed to, then we might think, oh, well, there's nothing we can really do. Let's just hope that it goes well. That's not true. There are things that we can do. We can be active in our church. We can read the Bible with them in the home or have them read it. Like John Michael will lead our Bible study sometimes. Have them lead it, it when, when, especially once they've become Christians. And so these are important things that we can do. And um, that I, I want to say one more thing before we look at the passage and finish this passage together that we started last week. The thing I want to say is, is that for some of you, you might be sitting in here thinking, I'm an adult. Um, my kids are grown, maybe. I've had an opportunity to do this, and I squandered it. Maybe it, you feel like it's too late. Um, Start right now with where you are. If it's just you in your home, have, have a time of private worship. If it's you and a spouse, then you can meet together to worship the Lord. When, if you have grandchildren, when they come to visit, then this is already a part of your routine. Just let it keep going. Um, you, you just have this routine and let God work through it. He will work through his word. He will speak truth to you and encourage you and challenge you. And that's what God's word, uh, that's what he does through it. It's alive and active. 
All right, let's, let's go ahead and go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we're, uh, Kimberly, we're going to start in verse 4. Um, if you want to go ahead and thank you, ma'am. Uh, this is what Deuteronomy chapter 6, this is the chapter after God gave the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And we have, in the first three verses, we've read how, hey, we're to love God's commandments. This is the commandments that he's given to us. We're to follow them. We're to teach them to our kids. Uh, and then in verse 4, we get here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And this is called the Shema. And this is something that, the, that in Judaism, the Jewish parents taught their kids. Everyone knew it. They taught their kids who taught their kids who taught their kids. And here in, 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 the, uh, new, in, in Christianity, in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, we know that this is still important because when the guy that we talked about this last week, the guy who came to Jesus and said, what is the most important commandment in all the law? He said what we're about to read. And so this is a very important. Hear, O Israel, listen to this. This is important. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, another sermon for another day is that we serve one God who it, we know in three persons, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so verse 5 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. And so we see here the importance of loving the Lord your God. Verse 6, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. The reason that we read this to children, but also for ourselves, is because this is to be on our hearts. We, when we face a situation and we're not sure what to do, we're to turn to God, for sure we're to turn to God. But a lot of times, if we've been in the Scripture, then God will speak truth to us immediately through the counsel of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, but through the Word that is hidden in our heart already the word that we already know so many times what we do is is we don't know what we should do in a situation and so we go get the bible and we try to find an answer and i'm not saying that's the worst thing to do but when you're doing that you're looking for what you want to find you might not be looking for what god is really saying so we have to be careful in that but if we take god's word in daily if we eat it a bite at a time each day we just keep taking it in then when we are faced with trials and tribulations, God's word is going to speak truth to us. When good things happen in our lives, God's word is going to speak truth to us and tell us to celebrate and be happy about that, to be excited about that. When we need salvation, if we've been in the word, then God is going to convict us that we need salvation. God's word is, is, is living. And so we should take it in day by day. They shall be today, shall be on your heart. Verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Does this say that you shall talk of them only when you are in Sunday school? No. We should talk of God's word. We should talk of why he has rules, what the rules are, um, how much he loves us and how... His love is proven through the rules that he gives us because they're for our protection and for our good and for his glory. We should be talking about those things with our children. Our, our children shouldn't just know what the rules are. They should know why the rules exist if, if, we, if we have the ability to know that. 
And so we shall teach them diligently to your children. Not, we're not just teaching them passively, right? Well, they'll pick up on it. I'm, I follow Jesus. They'll pick up on it. No, we're to teach them diligently. We're to take them to God's word. We're to tell them what God's word says. And we're to teach our children diligently. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. We're to talk about God's word nonstop. It should be a part of who we are and a part of our life. When, when our children ask why we're doing this or why we're doing that, the answer should be because we love the Lord. And this is what he's told us to do, right? Why, why do Rose and I have so many people over to our house? Because my wife makes me. No, I'm just playing. Because we love the Lord and we want to share that love with other people. And our children know that. Our children know that our house exists for God's glory. That we want to use everything that we have. Our finances exist for God's glory. There are cool toys that my kids could probably have and they definitely won't. Um, But we all have to make sacrifices in our house so that we can do things for God's glory. And we're very blessed. We have a lot. And so continuing to read. We're to do this all the time, wherever we are. In the morning, at night, when we're in our house, when we're walking down the road, when we're at work, wherever we are. Verse 8. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall bind them, and they shall be as frontlets. This should be something that is ever-present. This should be something that is in front of us at all times. And he doesn't, he doesn't stop there. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. God's word, his, his way, should be so entrenched in who we are that it's written everywhere around us. It's written on our face. When people come into contact with us, they should be able to know that we love the Lord. They should be able to know that we love them. They should be able to know that there is something different about us, that we're not like someone else, a regular person in society. They should know that we're not even like a regular person in the church. As sad as that is, a lot of times churches don't do a very good job of loving people. And so when people come into contact with us, it should be written all over us. I'm not encouraging tattoos here. I mean, to each his own. But what I am saying is is that it should be written everywhere. It should be obvious to everyone, just as Josephine's tattoo is so obvious to everyone. And so we have to make sure that we are taking in God's word, we are treasuring it, and we are making it evident everywhere around us. Some, Some people... We'll teach their kids catechisms, which are just simple statements, question and answer type thing. Who made the world? God made the world. Things like that. And those things are very helpful. There are things that we can do in studying Scripture and reading Scripture together that can help us. And honestly, let's, let's be honest, adults. We, a bunch of us in this room, we could use a little extra Bible time. We could use a little extra guidance in knowing how to follow God, knowing what His will is, knowing 
what he desires for us. A lot of times, the reason that we don't know what to do when, when trials and, and situations come our way is because we don't have his word written on our hearts. We don't have it buried inside of us from daily intake. And so I just want to challenge you. And listen to verse 10. And the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Now listen, he's talking about when the Lord brings them to the promised land, but even in, even in looking here at what kind of a God God is, he is a God of generations. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is a God who desires for fathers to teach their children, who teach their children, who teach their children. He is a God who desires for families to pour into their children. To pour in not just anything, but to pour God's word and his law and his vision into them. And so, here's my question for all of us in the room today. Are we treasuring God's word? And are we making it a centerpiece of our life? And who we are. Are we taking it in day by day? Uh, how many of you have ever um, been to one of those steak restaurants where they like offer the humongous 32 ounce steak or something where if you eat it, you get to keep it? You don't even have to pay. Anybody ever been to one of those restaurants? All right. So if you've seen one of those steaks, it makes me sick just looking at the thing. And I love steak. But it's like, how in the world are you ever going to finish? That humongous steak, when I was a kid, the, the movie The Great Outdoors with John Candy, classic. Anyway, there's a scene where they're doing that, where they're eating that huge steak. And if you, if you look at a steak like that, it's intimidating. How will you ever finish it, right? But the way that you do it is, well, if you're me, it, it'll take two or three sittings, right, or more. But you just... Cut one piece off, and you take a bite. And then you cut another piece off, and you take a bite. You get through it a bite at a time. You might pick up your Bible and think, man, this is intimidating. How would I ever get through this? Yeah, you do it because you're a preacher. I guarantee you that it, John Michael could lead us through this every single night. He could do it. He's eight years old. Because if you do it a day at a time, if you do it a bite at a time, it's not that intimidating. It's just one bite. That's all you have to do day after day after day. And you keep taking God's word in, and you keep writing it on your heart. And as you do that, it will transform you. It will not return void. As, as the rain pours and just comes down the mountain and goes where it's going to go, that's what God's word does. God's word comes down, it fills us, it spreads, it accomplishes its purposes. And so, my challenge to you in here this morning, if it's just you in your home, set a time each day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend time with God, I'm going to read His Word, um, and I'm going to do His Word. If it's you and a spouse, do that. It, whoever's in your home, Get together. Spend 15 minutes a day. It's 15 minutes. That's it. If you want to do more, do more. 
commit to getting together for a few minutes each day. Just read a passage, ask the questions. The reason we ask the questions is there's more than one reason. We do it so that we can make sure that we understand what God's Word is saying. But we also do it because we want to make sure that we are doing what God's Word says to do. And so a lot of times we'll ask, when is the last, if, if it's talking about a, a certain sin, we'll ask, when have you done that sin? Have you confessed that sin? If it's telling us to love our neighbors, how have we loved our neighbors this week? A lot of times our questions are geared toward helping us to do what God's Word says. And that's what it means to write it on your heart. That's what it means to have it on your doorpost, to have it before you, to have it to be such an integral part of your life and your heart. And so uh, I didn't get near finished with that chapter, but that's okay. We got through a few verses. Um, But here's the point that this makes. First of all, when God gives rules, they're good. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. And we talked about last week how, you know, there were laws in the Old Testament that were uh, ceremonial laws about sacrifice and things like that. And Jesus fulfilled all that. We, we, they're still important because of what they tell us about what Christ has done for us. But we don't have to go through those motions of sacrifice and things like that anymore. Uh, th- then there were laws that were specifically for Israel, that that country laws that were specifically for them. And some of those laws are applicable in today's society, and some of them are not. And then there were moral laws, laws that talked about the heart, laws that talked about love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, laws like the Ten Commandments that dealt with love for God and love for others and how we should treat God and how we should treat others. And when we take those things into our life and we write them on our hearts, It helps us to be the people that God has called us and created us to be. And so when we look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, we see that we are to take those commandments and we are to treasure them, that we're to take his word and we're to treasure his word and we're to teach it to our children and our children's children. We are to teach it to the people in our lives and then we are to apply it and to do it. It should be It should be on our hearts, but it should be on our doorposts. It should be on our gates. It should be with us when we rise and when we lie down. It should be with us in our homes and when we walk along the way. It should be with us everywhere we go. And so are you living out God's word like that? And look, I'm not here to make you feel bad about what you haven't done in the past. If God has convicted you about something, then thank God for Jesus. We can go to God and we can say, God, forgive me that I did not do this. Forgive me that I believe you are telling me that this is how things should be done, and I have failed in that. Forgive me. And he will forgive you. That is the great thing about following Jesus is that there is forgiveness in him. But from here forward, we can choose to do those things correctly. We can choose to do what God has called us to do. We can make commitments. We can put reminders in our phones. We can make sure that what we say we believe is reflected in our calendars and in our pocketbooks. If you've got to spend $10 to get one of these, it's a good investment. If you need a Bible and you don't have just a regular Bible, we, the church has Bibles that we will give you. We don't want anyone to go without God's word, but help your actions reflect it. So where are you this morning? How do you need to respond to what God is saying? This might be a time 
where you and your whole family need to come forward during, during the invitation, where you need to make a commitment that I'm going to lead my family in this way. Or maybe if, if you're the only one here from your family or you're the only one who lives in your house or whatever the case might be, you make a commitment that I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. We can't always control other people's lives. And, and unfortunately, not every spouse or family member wants to go through a Bible study with us. But there are seasons when, as parents when we can... Uh, say that this is a rule and that you're going to have to live by it. Uh, but then there are other times when we, we don't have that luxury. And so maybe this morning you need to be praying for those people that you want to be in a Bible study with you, a family worship time with you. Maybe this morning God is going to speak something to your heart that is about your future and it's good. So let's stand and during this time we're going to pray and I'm going to invite you to respond to God in whatever way he is calling you to respond. If you need to talk to me or if you would like me to pray for you or your family or you have a commitment that you want to make that you want me to hold you accountable to, then I will be right down here. But uh, let's pray and we'll have our time of invitation. Lord, we love you. And we ask that you would challenge our hearts in whatever way it is that you would desire for us to live for you. Lord, if, if, you, if there's anyone in here who needs to make this commitment to your word and to family worship, to leading a time of worship with their family, and I pray that you would do that now. Lord, life can be hectic. Life can be crazy. And I pray that you would organize our, our commitments and our responsibilities in a way that we prioritize the right things. And God, we just pray that you would help us to respond to you in whatever way you're leading right now. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.